Good morning, Kevin. Thank you very much. And uh, good morning, everybody. Merry Christmas. Hope everybody had a wonderful holiday weekend. Uh, boy, Christmas and Hanukkah on the same day. It's amazing. It's a Christmas miracle. Uh, thanks for joining us here on KTR. Excited to be here. And, uh, boy, you get a lot of me today. I'm uh, in for Broomhead today and then in for Gatos and Chad this afternoon. And uh, if that's, uh, you know, as my wife would say, that's just about enough of me, that more than me that you can take. Um, hey, lots going on, though, this week uh, as we uh, continue with Arizona uh, Arizona votes. Our Arizona election coverage just doesn't end here on KTAR uh, because the Arizona elections don't end. But let me give you an update on, on where we were if you um, – like a lot of me, a lot, a lot of folks, including me, uh, try to tune out over the weekend. On Friday, uh, we had two uh, in Arizona. We had two uh, big election lawsuits that that remained. Uh, there were four total uh, filed after the elections this year, and I have to tell you how unusual that is. Uh, before 2020, the only election lawsuits filed in Arizona for for our elections were for races that ended super close. So uh, if, the, you know, if the race of the votes were there and, and somebody won by, you know, 10 votes, 20 votes, 100 votes, those were the cases that ended up in, in lawsuits uh, because there was potentially votes that, you know, ballots, provisional ballots, registration ballots, signature verification. There were ballots that maybe weren't counted. And then so they try to see if they counted a few more of those, would it be enough to change the outcome of the election? And Arizona law, the statutes that govern our election law, are very, uh, very straightforward uh, in when and how these election suits are, are, are to be judged. Uh, they have to be uh, the, the the all of the presumptions go to the election being run pr- appropriately and fairly. Uh, and then there's all sorts of provisions about what can be what can be um, looked at and what can't be. So in any case, this year to have four lawsuits filed is unheard of. That that doesn't happen in Arizona, especially in these statewide elections. Two of the suits were thrown out almost immediately. They were just dismissed outright. Sonny Borelli's suit, he didn't even serve it on all of the defendants, which was, um, uh, if it wasn't if it wasn't so awful, it, it'd be comical. And then the other one was Mark Fincham's, which was also the same thing, sad and silly, uh, and was dismissed outright uh, almost immediately. And for some reason, he's actually appealing that. There'll be motions for sanctions in that. That one as well for filing a lawsuit with no basis in law uh, or fact. Two of the lawsuits uh, survived and went on to evidentiary hearings or trials. Uh, Carrie Lake and Abe Hamaday. And they were two completely different suits. Uh, the Abe Hamaday suit, Abe uh, Hamaday was running for attorney general against Chris Mays, and he lost by 511 votes. So that one was a little more in line with what we've seen historically, a very close election. Uh, are there votes that weren't counted that should have been counted? And he claimed there was, and he filed, he filed his lawsuit. Uh, and the judge allowed four of the five counts in his complaint to move forward. I will also point out that in Abe's lawsuit, the very first line, first line of Abe's lawsuit said, we are not alleging uh, fraud. Uh, we are not alleging. We're not alleging fraud, manipulation, or intentional wrongdoing. That's what the, that's what it said. And I said I said on the air. I said it on Twitter. Uh, that's that's good. That's this is a lawsuit based in Arizona law. This is how it's supposed to work. A close election. Uh, were there ballots that that weren't counted that should have been? Let's look at them. And that's okay with me if there's evidence that those ballots weren't counted. If there's evidence out there that there were enough ballots that could change the outcome of the election, because Arizona's election law at every turn says whatever you're claiming, there has to be enough evidence there that would overturn the outcome of the election, it would change the outcome. And and if you don't have that, don't bring the suit. Don't waste our time. So that's where the Abe Hamaday lawsuit was. Uh, Carrie Lake's lawsuit, on the other hand, was, was was the opposite of that. 
Lake's lawsuit was 70 pages long. That's an incredibly long complaint in Arizona. It included 10 counts. It was basically a throw everything at the wall and see what sticks. And that's not how you file lawsuits in Arizona. It doesn't work that way. So the Lake lawsuit, the court, uh, by the way, the judge, Judge Thompson here, incredibly patient. Uh, let just, just I, I can't I can't uh, applaud him enough for how he handled this as a jurist. But in the Kerry Lake lawsuit, he went through each one of them and issued an order uh, last week dismissing eight of the ten claims. Just said eight of these ten claims. There's you don't even have. There's not even enough here uh, that would permit me to take to make this go forward. There's no basis for this at all, and there isn't even a question of fact here. The facts that are known uh, that you're admitting to don't even create an issue of law. Something that would be an issue here at all. So the two two counts remained, and the only reason those two counts remained was because the judge said that Kerry Lake, uh, the way she the way it was pled, created what's called an issue of fact. It created a, you know she said something, that, and the judge said if in fact that is true, if you can prove that because you're saying you can prove it, uh, if you can prove it, well then that's a question. That's something that does need to be looked at and adjudicated. And so they went forward with a two day trial last week, uh, Wednesday and Thursday. There was a two day trial in the Kerry Lake lawsuit, and in that lawsuit. Uh, Carrie Lake failed to prove even one element of one claim. So of each, all these claims, there's, there's certain elements that have to be proven in order to establish there's a, back, a basis for the claim, there's support for the claim. Here is why we should prevail. And I said from the beginning, it was a very high bar for them to cross. To prove what they needed to prove uh, on these two issues was was very difficult because, from number one, there's no evidence of it. But number two, just the way uh, the law in Arizona is set up. So, for example, there were two issues. One was chain of custody, and the other one was that the the printer issue that occurred on Election Day. And in order to prevail, Carrie Lake had to show that she had evidence uh, that those were – that things – that there was intentional misconduct, that there was misconduct – by, on the part of the county, of Maricopa County, and that it was intentional, that it was done in an effort to keep her from winning her election, and that whatever they did was done so well that it changed the outcome of the election, that if they hadn't done that, she would have won. And the same thing with chain of custody. They were saying there was a violation, a breach of the chain of custody, that Maricopa County didn't watch its votes, didn't know where the votes went, and that as a result of that, they had to prove that as a result of that, even if that was true, uh, that it was enough to change the outcome of the election. Well, the judge issued his order after after hearing this trial, two days of trial. The judge gave, to his credit, he gave Carrie Lake and her attorneys every opportunity to present every piece of evidence, every witness, uh, every exhibit, everything. There was every expert. There wasn't anyone kept and no evidence was was excluded. So the judge, there was motions to exclude uh, Carrie Lake's experts, um, and I'll be honest with you, I think in most normal trials, they would have been excluded, because I don't think in many, in some of the experts just weren't qualified, as far as a court looks at it, for their qualifications to testify as an expert. But what the judge said is, I'm the, I'm the, uh, the fa- he's the judge who was going to be making the decision. It wasn't a jury. So as a result, the judge said, I'm going to take everything in. I'm going to let this evidence come in. I'm going to listen to everybody. I will decide the weight to give each witness and each expert and each each piece of evidence. And he let in pretty much everything. And that was brilliant because Carrie Lake got a chance to have her day in court, two days of trial, to present her evidence. This isn't something where it was decided on a procedural matter. It isn't something where she wasn't her, her case was dismissed because of standing. She was allowed to present evidence to support her claims, to prove her case. And guess what? She couldn't do it. 
I mean, that's the bottom line. And I'm, I'm on Twitter. Uh, you know, I posted after, after the judge rejected her lawsuit. I posted on Twitter, and people came back and said, suddenly it's witnesses are lying on the stand that, uh, that we, the judge ignored the evidence. No, the judge looked at all of the evidence. The judge gave, and his order was incredibly thorough and kind, and went through each witness and each expert and each piece of evidence that the plaintiff presented, and then explained why Carrie Lake failed to prove even one element of one of her claims. It was that bad. So she lost. Uh, she lost uh, in the election. She lost by over 17,000 votes. She lost in this lawsuit. Uh, she lost. I mean, this was this is not a good loss. I mean, as a lawyer looking at this and reading the judge's order. And again, it was very kind. It was very professional. Uh, very, it was great. And not, not because of the outcome, but just well written, explaining what the evidence was, what came in and why he found that Carrie Lake could not satisfy her burden of proof, that she could not prove anything and that there wasn't evidence presented to support these claims. And the judge rejected that. And he's and when he did that on uh, that came out on Saturday, that order came out on Saturday, Christmas Eve day. And when he in that order, the judge invited if the defendants wanted to file what's called a motion for sanctions, if they want to file a motion for sanctions and get, uh, in essence, fine Carrie Lake and or her attorneys to get their attorneys fees back, their defense costs back and, and potentially more. They could do that. And they had to file it by Monday morning yesterday, the day after Christmas, Monday morning at 8 a.m. And think about that for a second. The order came out on Christmas Eve day. So that would have required uh, people to on a Saturday. <laughs> so that would have required these law offices, the county attorney's office. In order to file this motion for sanctions, they had to go into the office on Christmas Eve, on Christmas Eve uh, afternoon or evening uh, or on Christmas Day in order to have this thing ready to be filed before 8 a.m. on Monday. And the defendants all did that. All of the lawyers did that. And uh, I, I'll break this down more for you later. But as a, in total... Uh, the Kerry Lake defendants have asked the court to award them sanctions, the sanctioned Kerry Lake and her attorneys, uh, for upwards of $700,000. Now, that is a very large number. Most of that comes from uh, Katie Hobbs' attorneys and the defense put on. But I have to, you have to remember, it wasn't just a two-day trial. It was motions to dismiss. It was oral argument on that motion. There was discovery and inspections that were done. Everybody, you know, Those all cost money. Those are all lawyers involved, and it takes time and money. Now, I, I will tell you, that's a big number. Uh, one, it's only one of the defendants. They had $85,000 dollars in fees and they asked for an additional five hundred and fifty thousand um, dollars we're going to talk about this uh, later on in the program but this is a big step uh, for th- this is a this is an opportunity now for the courts uh, to if they if the judges decide these are separate judges in different counties if they decide to sanction uh, Carrie Lake and Abe Hamaday and Mark Fincham if they decide to sanction these people to say stop bringing frivolous election lawsuits when you just because you lose an election doesn't mean you have the right to file a lawsuit it doesn't work that way you can't just sue anybody you want you have to have a basis for it you have to have facts and evidence and there has to be law that allows you to at least says here's what i've done here's my investigation here's why i think i can win and if you don't get that if you don't have that there's sufficient that that can be enough for a court to say yeah we're not going to do this anymore and what you're hearing here now from these lawyers uh, is and from these uh, these defendants is enough is enough. It's taking up a lot of our time. And I'll, and I'll leave you with this before we go back uh, for an update from KTR News. I, I do want to just mention this to you. The people paying for this, it's us. The defense costs I'm talking about, the defense lawyers I'm talking about, all of these hundreds of hundreds of thousands of dollars in expenses that were, that were spent trying to defend against these, these silly lawsuits, you and I are paying for that. 
This isn't just some exercise that's going on. We are literally paying hundreds of thousands of dollars because Kerry Lake and Mark Fincham and Abe Hamaday can't accept the fact that they lost. Think about that for just a second. All right, we're going to get an update from our uh, KTR News Center. And then on the other side, we'll talk about uh, the travel situation. My goodness, did you try to get out of town? Did you get out? Did you come back? This is crazy, including our own Southwest Airlines. We'll give you an update and tell you what's happening next. I'm Barry Markson, in for Broomhead. It's KTAR. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. All right, welcome back, everybody. Barry Markson in for Broomhead today. Thanks for joining us. Hey, um, coming up at 9 o'clock right after the news, uh, Dan Barr, he's the attorney uh, representing uh, Katie Hobbs in her lawsuit and uh, in the uh, Carrie Lake lawsuit, and also representing Chris Mays in the Abe Hamaday lawsuit. He's going to join us at 9 o'clock, talk about both those cases and the uh, motions for sanctions as well. So we'll have that for you uh, right after the news at 9. Right now, though, uh, talking about travel in the United States, it's been a mess, especially here in Phoenix, believe it or not. Uh, we've got great weather, 70 degrees uh, in Christmas. Uh, but over at Sky Harbor, uh, the cancellations are mounting a lot of that due to Southwest Airlines, one of our anchor airlines. Uh, they are just canceling flights left and right. Let's go out to Jim Cross, uh, KTR's Jim Cross. He's out at Sky Harbor Airport. And uh, Jim, what's what's going on out there? Why is Southwest canceling so many flights? Well, the big problem is that massive storm that rolled across the majority of the country just a few days ago. A lot of snow in many places, deep freeze in a lot of places, and that's really snarled air travel. Uh, almost 200 flights canceled in and out of Sky Harbor. It's about a 50-50 split in and out, but almost 185 of those are Southwest Airlines who are now saying that they expect to fly about a third of their schedule for the next several days. So this could really cause problems here as uh, the holidays uh, are in full swing. That, that's really amazing, and especially for, for Phoenix. I mean, Southwest does have a lot of flights in and out of here. So um, it, what what are folks do? I mean, if they're they're going to only fly a third of their flights today and tomorrow, for a lot of people, I'm assuming that just they're just canceling trips, right? Yeah, there's a lot of people I've heard that are renting cars to drive, you know, like to Las Vegas or maybe oh. if they have to travel like Albuquerque or Southern California. Uh, there's a lot of people who are just going to spend an extra few days in Phoenix and uh, ride it out. But again, you're looking at you know a third of the schedule through looks like at least end of the weekend. And uh, what really caught my eye this morning, in addition to the you know fairly sizable crowds uh, trying to find out when they can get a flight, was you go to the baggage area here, and it is along the walls just row after row of luggage and hundreds of pieces from the canceled flights they brought off the aircraft. It's not on the conveyors. It's all stacked up. So the people are coming out to the airport and digging through it to find their stuff. So people who came to the airport to fly out gave their luggage, checked their luggage, yeah. and then the flight didn't leave. They had to come back and find their luggage. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. So it, that's going to take a while to dig through that. Hope they got a, I don't know, a chip on it or something yeah. because you have to literally go through it and look for your your bag, and it's not like as easy as when that conveyor is rolling around. Jim Cross with us here uh, on KTR. And, and Jim, is it, uh, other than that, I mean, is it busy at the airport? Is it packed, or how does it yeah. look? I mean, let, let's say let's say folks are going to take a little summer trip and, you know, go to Cancun or something where it's warm. Is, is it, Can you get yourself through the airport, or are the security lines backed up? How does it look? No, not bad. I mean, the, the other airlines are not having any problem. Sky Harbor, at least as far as, like, American goes, they have no flight affected right now. Wow. So what, they're what, running. Ha- what happened? To, I'm sorry to interrupt you, Jim. What happened to Southwest? Why are, why are they so bad? 
at several issues. I mean, it, it, it's that storm. It's They're having an inability right now to shift crews around to get pilots from, you know, point A to point B and, you know, the flight attendants and so on and so forth. Um, that's one. They had some, I'm sure they're having all kinds of problems with their uh, phone and Internet system because that's, I'm sure that's just being buried wow. with uh, phone calls and, and web hits. So it, it's a combination of things. But I've seen it worse, but it's been a long, long time, probably 20 years, maybe more than that. But there's not, like, you you don't see people, when I got here this morning, there weren't people, like, you know, crashed out of sleep on the floor or on the couches here at Sky Harbor, at least not in large numbers, maybe a handful. So in years wow. past, I've seen thousands of people in here like that. Well, I guess if you're going to be stuck somewhere, you might as well do it here in Phoenix. Jim Cross yeah. uh, out at the airport. And thanks, Jim. Appreciate the update. Sure. You know, checking this now, uh, Southwest is saying uh, this is unbelievable. Str- uh, stranded customers from Southwest Airlines, they're not even going to rebook you until after December 31st. So if you flew out, let's say you got out of Phoenix and you got to wherever you were going to see family for Christmas and you're going to come back a few days later, you know you're not. <laughs> They're not even going to try to rebook you until after the new year, uh, which is you know another week away. So that that's just just amazing. Obviously, people will try to find other ways to, to get where they need to get to. But um, this is, I, I, I mean, again, I never understand how this works. I mean, I, I certainly understand weather can cause cancellations and it messes up getting people and getting uh, uh, staff, you know, pilots and, and, uh, and flight attendants and planes to where they need to be for next things. But uh, for it to be that messed up, um, more than other airlines, I don't get it. I, I really don't. I get maybe we'll try to get somebody from Southwest Airlines on to explain this because I'd love to have an understanding of this. But if you flew Southwest Airlines and now your flights are canceled and they're they're flat out telling you they're not even they're going to fly a third of their flights uh, today and tomorrow, just trying to regroup, I guess, and get people where they need to be. And they're telling you they're so backed up that if your flight was canceled, they won't even try to rebook you until after the thirty first, until next year. That's crazy. I mean, that is really crazy. I mean, people can't do that, right? I mean, people have to people have to get back to work. They have to get back home. I mean, this is it's just unbelievable to me. But um, I mean, obviously, that cold weather really did something to us. I will say, boy, we got lucky here, didn't we? Everybody was everybody was freezing with snow and then record low uh, temperatures. And in Arizona, right here in Phoenix, what was it, seventy seventy two degrees on Christmas? It was beautiful outside. We were we were doing some stuff outside. We I, at one point I looked at my wife and I said, "It's actually a little warm out here. It's uh, it's incredible." All right. On the other, uh, on the next uh, uh, break here, we'll talk about uh, KTR. We'll have an, an update from the KTR News Center, and then on the other side, we're going to talk about uh, Christmas weekend. What, what did we do over the weekend? What did you do for your Christmas, uh, your Christmas holiday, uh, and uh, and how we looked here in the Phoenix area? That's coming up next. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, ninety two three FM, and the KTAR News app. All right, everybody. Welcome back. I'm Barry Markson in for Broomhead. Thanks for being here. Uh, coming up at uh, 9 o'clock right after the news, we're going to have Dan Barr with us. Dan is uh, an attorney here in Phoenix, and right now he's representing uh, both Katie Hobbs and uh, Chris Mays in the election lawsuits that were brought uh, by Carrie Lake and Abe Hamaday. Uh, they, uh, the, the, well, Carrie Lake and Abe Hamaday lost uh, both of those suits, and we're going to talk to uh, Dan Barr about uh, how, what, what the basis for those suits, why they lost, and really also his motions for sanctions uh, 
that are that are going to be pending against both of them. So we'll have Dan Barr, uh, the attorney in those cases, with us here in just a couple minutes. Did want to just chat about the uh, the Christmas weekend. Uh, and by the way, uh, the Gatos uh, Big Q poll question today uh, not happening uh, today. Gatos uh, obviously taking some time off. Actually, I'm going to be in for Gatos this afternoon as well. A lot of me today. So me and uh, Susan Monday doing the Gatos and Chad show this afternoon. Uh, but th- this is uh, it was such a great weekend, and I wonder from people. I haven't really asked anybody yet. Did you like having Christmas on a Sunday? Is that better? I think it's nicer to have that, and hopefully you got Monday off, um, like we did here at KTAR. But that was uh, what a great way to celebrate, right? Like you get you have Christmas, you get the next day off, uh, you have the long lead up to that. You had Saturday off before for Christmas Eve. Uh, probably most folks took a half day. I hope at least a lot of people were able to take a half day on Friday. Uh, I think that worked out really well. And for me, being Jewish, I love that Hanukkah kind of led right up to it as well. Hanukkah started like on the 18th and ended uh, the last night of Hanukkah was last uh, was Sunday night. So that was really nice as nice as well, uh, almost on, on the same schedule, which was great. Um, but I will tell you, as a, as a, a Jewish person, uh, you know, we don't celebrate Christmas. We love Christmas. Uh, Christmas Eve, we went to two different friends of ours, had had uh, Christmas Eve get-togethers, and we went to both of them and had a really great time seeing friends and, and celebrating with them. So we love doing that stuff. Uh, but Christmas Day... Uh, for if you're Jewish, if you're not celebrating, is is a really quiet day. I was telling my my family, like, boy, this is like a great movie. I'm sure it's already been done, but it's like a great movie story, right? Like you wake up like your normal day, and you get up and you get ready, and you leave the house, and you go outside, and there's you're the only car on the road, and you go somewhere, and there's nobody there, and you're you're after a little bit, you look up and go, wait a minute, where is everybody? That's what Christmas is like <laughs> because everybody's home, uh, everything's closed for the most part, uh, and that's what it was like for us. We, but we go to the, every Christmas, we do the we're completely stereotypical. It's phenomenal. We go to the movies. Uh, we we got it. We go to see the movie, uh, and then. Um and by the way, I haven't. I don't go to that many movies lately with with COVID and stuff. I hadn't been. I just hadn't been in. in uh, we go. I don't know one or two a year, uh, but the theaters are so nice. Have you been to a movie theater lately? I mean, it's they're just so nice now. The reclining chairs and the, everything's just beautiful. Um, so we went to a movie, uh, which was nice. A lot of folks there, and then uh, we, you know, quintessential. We get the Chinese food. We do a little Chinese food, and that was uh, that was wonderful as well. And uh, and then we hung around as a you know, family. We played some games together, and uh, and just kind of have a nice quiet day together as a family because there's nothing else to do, which is awesome. <laughs> so I will say, uh, I will say I've noticed a difference over the last, uh, it's been a bunch of years now, I think, uh, where, where even folks who celebrate Christmas, I mean, it used to be that nothing was open on Christmas Day and people just stayed home, right? They did the whole family thing the entire day. And I, I don't know what's going on, but it seems like after Christmas morning, people are looking for something to do. So where we used to go to the movies and the Chinese food and it wasn't really crowded, it's crowded now. It's crowded. And it's not just Jewish people out there. It's it's everybody. I think people are getting bored at home. I think we're used to we're used to more activity and seeing people and doing things. And uh, I definitely think it's working out that way. So hope everybody had a great uh, Christmas uh, weekend and uh, getting back to work here and, and hopefully taking today off as well. Coming up, uh, Patricia Valencia is in the uh, – is in the uh, KTR News Center. I think I got that wrong. And um, <laughs> and then right after the news, we're gonna have uh, we're gonna have Dan Barr. He's the attorney for Chris Mays uh, and uh, and Carrie Lake. Excuse me, Chris Mays and Katie Hobbs. He's gonna join us talk about these election lawsuits and the sanctions. Uh, that's in the news today. Stay with us. I'm Barry Markson, in for Broomhead. It's KTAR.